0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Dive Foria. We are Hello. Totally my second
1: episode and Kobe's too actually. Uh,
0: hello and welcome to my third episode of Dive The second episode for both Kobe thank and azale as they were not here for round 1 and they missed out cuz that's when G2 was undefeated and not an absolute freefall. Um <laughs> they're they, not they, in they free they fall anymore. Free fall. We put they, a stop to it, the freefall. What, <laughs> what can what can't they do? All right, we beat PSG beat for you. BG2, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Luckily, not your best of five opponents. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Or maybe unluckily. I don't know. I we'll have to see how it works Why out. Why not both. That's true. Yeah. We'll work on it. Maybe finals. Meet you there. See exactly. you there. See uh, you there.
2: This time around, it won't be the fastest, best of five <laughs> in international history. That's our new goal. Yeah. You know, personal best. Personal
0: best. <laughs> it's good to have aspirations, but also to be realistic. It's, yeah, it's about setting small goals. You know, yeah. not the big picture. It's the day to day goals that keep the people going. Uh, yes, yeah, so we just finished Rumble yesterday. We are recording this on the Wednesday, presumably to come out on the Thursday and Friday is when it all starts what comes again. After Two semifinals, then Saturday, and kids. If you've been following along, what comes after Saturday? That's right, it's Sunday. Big finals between Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. kids' seats cost an unknown amount of Korean won. I don't know how much they cost, but five bucks in the U.S. If you're going to see Grave Digger. <laughs> Do you guys all remember that ads? I, that's what that's front. Well, dude. I know the, the Sunday, Sunday, stuff.
1: Sunday, yeah. Grave Digger. Like I, I remember Grave Digger. You know. I just yeah. didn't remember the cost of the tickets. The kids, that was like
0: the big thing. That's the cool. thing that the guy said other than Sunday, Sunday, Sunday was that kids oh, seats perfect, are still Because you can take your bucks. kids when they hearing do, is like I really I tuned out after the yeah. monster truck rally
1: so they have <laughs> permanent hearing
0: damage for the rest of their lives. Yeah, but they'll get to watch Truckosaurus eat a car, Isaac. <laughs> and for $5. And for you can't $5. can't beat that. That's true. I would, uh, yeah, I'd pay $5 to watch that. Certainly more than I'd <laughs> want to watch G2 lose five games in a row. Hmm. i'm hurt guys i don't know if you can tell you actually got Um, paid to watch g2 lose five games yeah actually that's true can't complain too much yeah yeah actually okay i take it back that's uh that's a a dark realization yeah wow didn't know that was a kink there it is um here we are. I, I'm here for the pain. I'm here for the suffering. If you missed Rumble, just really quick to uh, recap the standings, uh, RNG finished in first seed, eight and two. Mm-hmm. T1, mm-hmm. seven, three. G2 and EG both at five and five, with G2 owning the head-to-head, so finishing in third, as opposed to EG finishing in fourth. Yeah, just slightly owning the head. Just just, <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. Technically, <laughs> yeah. only I, 2 I'm not sure. I think we need another
2: data point. Yeah, yeah that's true.
0: That's why we're going to meet in finals. Best of 13. Is so really you, what we're you know for. in boxing,
2: they have the, the rope-a-dope strategy where you're yeah. just taking a bunch of punches um we we were we were in the middle of that strategy huh, versus yeah. g2 G is tired now we yeah, now gas. we don't get to play him any more games we, it's like what the hell that was our whole strategy you're punching yourself out it was yeah. a
0: good strategy too yeah for 12 for yeah again for the best of 13 for the 13 g2 is feeling boxing, comfortable. You,
2: you know yeah. who got to reap
1: the rewards PSG. Yeah. Oh god. PSG. PSG Reaped reap the down. rewards of our of
2: our rope Like strategy. when you're
1: when you're opening up like a really tight jar. Man. You yeah. know, and you're struggling, but they hand it something like, else. Yeah, but yeah, you, you softened it like, up. Yeah. Exactly. Your hands are just tired now. Exactly. G2 Clearly. is looking soft. We, because, yeah. we were
0: about to pop that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean we can start on any of these teams PSG Town 3 seven, Saigon Buffalo two and eight they were out before they won any games but they'd had two um, pretty fantastic upsets to watch one over game yeah two.
2: honestly that, the last two days from the Saigon Buffalo were so exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, I think we should start with them because you know full credit to these these guys this this is the average youngest uh, team at the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. Or youngest average age. That sounds better. Um, <laughs> but they really did show like there's there's a lot of room for this for this team. I feel like they have a very bright future ahead of them. Uh, even the members of the team that were getting the most criticism, like Froggy, stepped up and with some of the biggest plays with all of these charm flashes, just boom, 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 making uh, you know huge picks for them and getting themselves some upsets at the end of MSI. I think buds really well for Worlds where we not only Cause they have two seats for vietnam yeah you know we not only are assuming we're probably going to get gam that time around um since they dominated so hard but I-, I would say buffalo as well have a very good shot to be the second representative and uh you know get another another round at it
1: yeah i mean my, my question is is definitely like how, how much better is Gam going to look right because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people are coming away and be like hey like sub especially second round robin look pretty competitive. You know, how much better would GAM have performed? You know, would, would they actually be in the top four? Would they have knocked out, you know, G2 or EG or, or whoever, right? And actually be that much better. Um, because the region obviously has a huge player base. I think it's actually yeah. the second largest player base now um out of any region, which is pretty crazy. Like it league is just exploding in popularity. Uh so it's gonna be exciting to see how they actually perform at worlds, you know, if they are, you know, another another real big threat. I wanna see VCS edit groups. And I think it's still hard. I think
0: it still requires a favorable group draw. For either at this point we're assuming it's it's just going to be game in Saigon Buffalo, but obviously we'll have to wait and see what happens domestically. But I I still think I would love to see these teams make it to best of five because it feels like they are of that caliber. How yeah. they will fare because they they held their own against first seeds and and some of these games and some of the games weren't as good weren't as clean, but as they were mm. ramping up, once you did finally see Froggy step up, once you did finally see Bay step up even on the PCS side, you know you had a lot of good midliners stepping up these last few days. I feel like they can go toe to toe how they fare against second and third seeds i'm not sure because if i look at like eu sent some pretty suspect you know third seeds or suspect fourth seed in the case of the mad lions the fourth seed was definitely na has sent
1: some suspect third seeds so i we've never we've always gotten out of plans easy peasy that's true every single time that we have someone in plans they're first in their group and they get out
0: I wasn't. Yeah, I meant more in the, the group group part of yeah, the
1: third seed thing. But sure. you're right. You're We've also you're sent a suspect. suspect first seed. To yes, the world. true.
0: So <laughs> I I my TLDR. I want, Broken Blade was there. We, we sent some there. sleepers. Yeah, some uh, yeah.
2: some nine person yeah. sleep yeah. action
0: going on. If you want to know what Broken Blade's TSM run looked like, you don't actually need to go back and watch that. No. You can just watch the G two run up until the last. I mean, game. he was almost the two time
1: He he could have been the two
0: times. He could have been the, the 06 king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: What's this thing that he does with his hands now? It's like it's like it's kind this. of
0: finger guns, but not yeah. really no, finger it's, guns. It's,
2: I think it's very intentionally not, you know, super spread, and so it's more like some fan finger stuff. scissors. It's finger yeah. scissors. It's oh, you know what Paper it is? Cuts. It's it's Camille versus Gwen. The top lane matchup. <laughs> you can't
0: Kobe has made two hand scissors and they are fighting and he's making one or legs. One or legs. You can have blade legs. Yeah, that's true. I forgot.
1: Um but, yeah, no, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, as, as far as, like, expectations at, at Worlds for, for VCS, I think getting a groups is actually so hard. I don't even think there, like, is that good of a draw anymore because there's four LPL and four LCK seats. That's so true. Ever since they did that, this, like, ooh, great, you got to get, get a really good draw, like, doesn't really exist anymore at Worlds because... There's two teams together from groups and there's, there's two, uh, you know, Asian representatives in, in every single group, right? Like there's going to be an LPL and an LCK in every group, uh, unless they somehow get knocked out or whatever early. Um, but. I, I do think it's just, like, really, really difficult ever since they changed that format. It's mm-hmm. made it harder for everyone, I think, to get into groups. Of course, like, the fourth seed and stuff for LCK and for LPL is not going to be favored over, like, top EU yeah. teams or whatever, right? So you're still expecting um, more teams to get out. But we saw even even last year, it was really close to, like, it being just eight LPL and LCK teams. Yeah, super duper close. And that's a
0: really good point. And that's something that I think I, I kind of forget about is that, like, you're right, that the idea of a good group draw is not entirely dead. You certainly can't have a more you can favorable get like a group fourth, draw, a fourth seed. But there's no group of life I, anymore, I think, compared yeah. to what we have compared seen in, in the past year. Yeah. I
2: will say that this year has felt really winnable in all of these games. So mm-hmm. the, the mystique of, oh no, LCK seed, LPL seeds in my group. Uh, especially with feels feels very very doable yeah and especially as you're you're going further further down the list i think so um Hmm. i I think eg um you know especially this tournament has uh i I think accomplished the goals that they set out with you know learning at this tournament and improving and uh, you know and teaching the younger players and also shown uh especially on the first day with, with g2 beating both t1 and rng um I'm not actually too frightened of Worlds becoming this, you know, eight teams yeah. of uh, yeah. LCK, LPL. I think in this context,
0: it's just I'm trying to... just talking to, for VCS. For VCS and seeing how really high hard. VCS can mm-hmm. go. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I think, I think GAM is really going to impress. Yeah. Uh, of course, that is, it is going to be a, a long shot, but I yeah. think GAM... I'm oh. so ready to, to re-embrace GAM because when we, when we <laughs> saw them before Vietnam had to go two years without, uh, you know, international
0: events... They were on course for straight up getting through and breaking out. Um, I feel like Gam is that friend with like the really crazy life and you're like... Where have you been for six months? He's like, bro, I've been around the world. I like, you Was know, living like, on an island. Yeah, I like joined like this hunting crop, sharks. Maga, I went to Thailand, learned to Thai. And you're like, damn, bro, like, where have you been? Like, come back, he's like buff and tan. And I feel like that's Gam right now. We're uh-huh. just waiting for that friend to come back from their like crazy world excursion <laughs> yeah. to return. And we're gonna be like, you're doing what now? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got a, we we got the nocturne to level six even faster this time. We're beating this RNG. Time.
1: We're getting a little yeah, a three casual, minute level six yeah, for nocturne. Yeah, it's
0: uh, you know, just just working on us. You yeah. know, it's just like I'm, I'm ready for that return and i think the big thing is like talking about small goals like the not the fastest final goal obviously being a meme but i think for um for vcs like passing the pcs and this is this is something that i know that other people have talked about and i don't know these regions well enough to do that story justice but i will say that vcs feel like they are on the cusp especially because their second seat is only one win behind the first seat of the pcs in surpassing the pcs former lms as a region and i think that is a big deal for vcs in vietnam because now it's like especially with that server player base you talked about i i'm curious to see what the next three years look like the
1: next four years willing to
0: bet vcs places
1: higher than pcs at worlds i would think i would think so too i would bet that yeah and and uh, and i mean it is really exciting to think yeah like in three years and five years right it was like to me it always felt almost inevitable that the lpl would would become better than the lck because it's like you just have so many more players it's a massive it's a numbers advantage. game baby <laughs> and and it's like of course you can you can improve your scouting you can improve your coaching like that's you know i think something that na obviously you know is working on needs to work on and that's yeah. definitely true but when you have a, a much smaller player base there's just less to pull from um so vcs if, if they can you know work on the infrastructure if they're you know getting that investment in three five years who's to say that they won't be you know entering the top four you know passing you know passing na we'll or look whoever back on
0: the days where we used to yeah we used to take games off the vcs before yeah. they went
1: up there with korea and china and just
0: punch down on
2: us i mean the for for the lpl over lck story like that is still so recent too this was the first finals of of uh only lpl players uh in their finals not having yeah, korean, no imports. not having korean yeah. imports because they were heavily korean imports in all, all of the best lpl teams for so long yep um so i, I think that was a, a big moment and that was just this year so I mean that's a very real ongoing story
1: as well still yeah and to be fair I mean sooning and like some of the teams in the past had like full full Chinese teams and stuff but yeah I mean traditionally the big winners had always been the Seoul lanes were Korean imports right for China yeah. so it'll be really exciting to see how they develop maybe move on to PSG a bit um who, yeah. I think it was like it's interesting because coming into into Rumble almost everyone I talked about talked to kind of had them ranked below SGB right everyone yep. was thinking that they yep, were actually absolutely. going to be uh, kind of the easy team a lot of people were like, ah, they're even going to get a win. Uh, they did end up performing, I think, a lot better than people expected. Again, I think it's just really hard. For both these teams, I felt like, yes, their, their, their players stepped up, but mid-jungle was was the big weakness for both these teams, I think, yep. overall. Right? and And... It's it's interesting to see because we know that like unified and Kai I think can perform to the level that, that it's kind of needed to really compete against some of these big squads. Um, Bay and Juhan, you know, they had had a bit of a rougher tournament. You know, uh, Beanjay and Froggy had a bit of a rougher tournament. They did have those kind of glimpses where they had some really good performances, but that to me was like the main thing keeping them away from from going even further. And that's kind of what they were lacking compared to last year, where you know they they've lost a lot of their their big players. They've lost a lot of their big stars. But it was still great to see them be able to compete against GT. And and win both games against G2. I thought there was no shot they were going to win the second one because I thought G2 was gonna like really change up how they were drafting and go like full on 5v5 because that seemed to be the way that PSG kinda had to win. Um, but G2 didn't really do that, and you know, PSG played really well in in both those games. Well yeah, and I think it just to double down on what you said, I I generally looked at the mid-jungle for the PCS
0: and the VCS and was just underwhelmed. And I know Doubling up on that for the PCS, there were also communication issues that the team had talked yeah, about, and that hard. was a struggle. Um, but it did feel like once they kind of simplified what they wanted to do and they played together, like, Juhan and Bay looked so much better. And those were not the same players, and this was not the same team that we saw in Stage 1. And that was so big that they developed so quickly because we've seen across this tournament in a very big way, whether it be EG um vcs or pcs teams ultimately like a lot of teams growing very quickly in what is actually a very very short tournament yeah um i
2: also do think you know we should point out the the gameplay mistakes that led to these like yeah draft is one thing but i think the bigger more obvious issues were so many of these rift trailed fights you know, a single member like Yankos goes up, uh, you know, tries to poppy eject one person and then sneak around for an eyeball hit and a steal. Oh, they lose a whole bunch there. And then, you know, next play, the coordination is gone. Um, you know, Targumas is, is up there overextended. He's getting picked off. Uh, you know, some of these things, the the cracks showing in, in a lot of the pool one seeds, and it wasn't just, you know, G2, T1 as well, mm-hmm. uh, leaving these openings, really is adds to the factor and builds this story to me of like wow these games are winnable you know because mm-hmm. there have been times in the past rng you know except pre, for rng pre i uh, i don't know it's given at, yeah. at least for me at least for me um rng have also made big blunders they you, have. you feel like Very few though i think people i feel like people are waxing over some of them um because of the end game scores and them and them being eight and two but there have been some very big blunders yeah, the, where you're like first, wow that first could T1 be
1: rng series was absolutely a mess i mean mm. that one
2: had had the most that was plentiful
1: yeah <laughs> a bounty but
2: yeah and there, there have been <laughs> so GG there have been so well. many more um you know transitions where there's you know, a teleport way, way over aggressive or um you know a, an objective swap or something like that where i'm like wow this is really winnable but I'm comparing this to times in the past. As you know, someone who lived through all of the competitive League of Legends, all the way up to 2018, it was like suffocating, and and, and you didn't go into international tournaments with those types of hope. Um, and now I feel like I feel a bit more hopeful. I do, yeah. yeah. And I,
0: and I'll say that I think that like the thing is, is like it's really easy. I think ultimately, when a team wins a game, most of us are just inclined to gloss over the mistakes, and definitely the audiences too. Because remember, we went through the biggest whiplash of fan expectations in this tournament from the G2 um, 4-0 to 2 to 0-4 best 0-5. team in the, world, team we in the were, world they were literally the best team in the world for two days mm-hmm. and it was literally like you watch them lose early games and then it was like oh they found a way back they found a crazy team fighting because G2 are winning and obviously G we're, we're on an EU time zone so as far as English um, fan interaction goes you got a lot of EU fans here and I, I was on the hype train too I was like I thought they were going to get blasted. They were losing early game. They came back in a miracle fight. I'm like, they're the best team in the world. Screw it. They're the best team in the world. And then instantly it's like, oh, yeah, they suck now. And I think it's easy to do the same thing for RNG to be like, they're clear number one team. That's undisputable coming out of this Rumble stage. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot to do their consistency. But, yeah, they were not infallible. Way, <laughs> Sad Ox is in here to talk to give a spiel on Wave Oliver, But, like, there, there's a lot of suspect plays across the board. And this is not i'm curious if this is do we want to jump to the top should or should I, we just keep i was going gonna up?
2: say should we focus this in matchups that we're gonna see now and sure we, we can instead of, of let's
1: instead just of finish on the bottom yeah, too yeah, yeah. if you guys have anything more for psg I otherwise just, let's yeah we can go yeah. to matchups we can talk
0: retroactively about that i'll just say i'm excited to see how the pcs and the vcs develop moving forward i think that i it would be interesting to me if the msi format changes and obviously um we don't know what's going to happen with that but i would be curious to see like i would expect at least the vcs to always be considered a pool one seed in stage one at a at a minimum and if they're going to split it out into play-ins again i would be wondering if if vcs and pcs at least one of those regions would still have to fight through because i think that they are my expectation would be they would always make it out of plans. I think they are just yeah. a cut above.
1: I mean, I think I, I would kind of expect you know their their number one seed to start in pools, and that's yeah. usually what it had been in the past. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the format is shaking out with with VCS being away, because obviously the calculations are based on the last couple of years. It feels a little bit unfair to like give you a did not finish or whatever score for VCS. Yeah. So my assumption is we would use this, the previous scores from where they could attend. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, but anyway, we'll find out more about Worlds when Worlds does come. Uh, both teams, though, had, had some exciting moments. Uh, we could start on EG-RNG because that's the Friday match. Yeah. And then we can jump into the next one. Um, so so reminder that uh, RNG
0: had the choice between G2 and EG as first seed. They got to pick between third and fourth. They could not pick T1, and they did pick EG. Just for people who are not familiar how the, yeah. this selection works. And,
1: and honestly, even if... Even if G2 lost and we're on six-game losing streak, I was still kind of thinking that RNG might just choose EG. uh, Because let's be honest, like, you know, G two just has so much more international history, right? Like, mm-hmm. EG has never been there, right? They do have some players with experience, like uh, Vulcan has had some good performances. Impact is obviously the the big guy uh, internationally. Inspired uh, has a little bit of history, but it's like compared to G two as an organization, I think that's nothing. Uh, G two also did beat them in groups. You yeah, know, I they, think it's they, as simple as that. Like <laughs> they beat us. EG has never beaten us, so the the one the one thing I will say that was giving me some kind of like you know hope uh, was that I I have heard from a couple of people that EG actually has a winning record against RNG and scrims mm-hmm. um, so I was like hey maybe maybe they won't get picked maybe they'll care about scrims uh, but after EG lost to G2 I thought there was no shot of it yeah Um. You know, as an NA fan of course I wanted to to dodge RNG. I just think they look way more solid than G1. No. So I do think it's, you know, the much yeah. harder matchup currently. Um of course we don't know what form teams are going to bring out in in the knockout stage. Um but like the the thing is yes RNG did make mistakes, but I would also say most of their big mistakes were earlier in the in this in the stage. And I think that I watched a lot of RNG this year. I've watched probably I don't know 30 games or something like, you know, a good amount. Um and I always felt like the big weaknesses that you could point to were um, Bin playing too aggressive, like he's very punishable. And then Wei really did have a lot of up and down games, right? Like one out of, I don't know, four games, three games, whatever yeah. it was. One, one out of every so many often like games, he would be doing these plays like invades that that are really punishable and risky uh, without his lanes pushed up. Or he would just be going for like these crazy engages that he has no business going for. And he would just like have these, these kind of int games way was really consistent i felt like pretty much across the whole stage which feels like okay well that's a lot less exploitable you can still maybe point to bin like we saw in the final game of groups the t1 rng game Um, bin did get picked on a little bit by owner and i think that was a big part of t1 winning was t1 kind of got to play both sides of the map they they got to actually you know be up in gold and get dragons because bin kept dying on top side because of some really good ganks and good play with zeus of course as well Uh, but overall it was like after, after that one really memeable game the Camille game that was really bad he was playing like he wasn't even playing Knight on on Gwen anymore he was playing ghost and he was playing exhaust and he was playing way more respectful in Lane and the rest of the team is just like really really good and hard to see holes in for Shahu and Gala and Ming so it, it's tough to like point at one thing and be like, well, here's their mistakes. Exploit them. You kind of just have to have everyone play really well to stand a chance. I would, I'm would. still pointing
2: at Bin and Wei. If you remember back to the first game versus G2 also. Yeah, the, it, er, the early games. But the last like eight in a row, it felt like they were pretty bulletproof. Yeah, but Xiaohu, Gala, and Ming have literally been bulletproof the whole time. So no, you no. still point at the They're same players. still place. your best hope. I they, agree. Like those three, those three have been absolutely clean the entire way for me. Yep. Um Ming, Ming especially, uh, and and we we've been trying to really highlight the supports here. Ming yeah. has been incredibly good. So many small plays. Also, there's so many times where you see you watch these other teams, and you know, Vulcan or Targamas or somebody is getting caught out going to an objective or, or getting vision. Guess what? You don't have any of those moments from Ming because his timings are so more well coordinated with the rest of the team. And in the in the moments that he does get caught out by an ability, he's like buffering Nautilus hook into the wall to pull himself back, and then yeah. he doesn't die. And it's so many of these non-death moments that are to me like pretty big big highlights from him. And then of course Galen Shao, who
0: have been is just like, uh, absolutely it's, insane carries. Yeah. yeah, and I think the big thing for me is that. Um, it would be one thing if Gallaming were great and like every other bot lane was performing. I'd be like, okay, you know, like let's see how this is going to shape up. But like, uh, but everybody else, you're like, everybody hmm. else, you're like, what the hell? Like I like you know, you've got these great Flack and Targa games. You've got these horrible Flack and Targa games. Calista, uh, these Callista <laughs> games, and you. I mean, even Guma Caria, who I thought would be the undisputed number one bot lane coming into this tournament, Caria's been good. Is is that Guma's the biggest? Been shaky, yeah. So is that that's that's got to be the biggest uh, flop? And in the
2: past. I don't know if newer, newer listeners, yeah. I don't know if newer yeah. listeners are familiar with the Dade Award. Um, but Monte Cristo actually started it a super long time ago with Dade, who is a player who was super hyped up going in an international event, then giant flop. And so this is basically expectations that have flopped the hardest and no contest. It's
1: going it, it sure. be It has to go to Guma for sure. But at the very least he he did start performing a lot better towards intergroups. Groups and we'll yeah. get more on him, you know, when we do the next matchup, but um, I mean it, it's it's going to be interesting like there's when I think about like uh Holes for Shahu, there was like the 1 game caps was really gapping him in lane, but even, yeah. even then it's like caps did that to a lot of people. I'm not sure Jojo can replicate that. Yeah. Um unless he wants to do something like like I feel like for EG to have a chance here, like my 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 head is this is an RNG 3 You know, yeah. my, my heart is that like, hey, maybe there's an opportunity if you can really have some great <laughs> prep, right? And and you have the kind of copium of like, ah, well, TL did it an against IG, for, right? Like oh, series win, or yeah, like series like, win. Like how big is your heart? Are they, okay, I mean, <laughs> good. there's whole series. That's yeah, what I want. I mean, that's what my heart always wants. <laughs> that's to play, what I right? want. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we saw TL; they went four and six in groups, didn't look very good, and then beat IG. It can happen, but yeah. like you, ha- you have to be really intelligent about your prep, right? And there's, I think everyone is looking at Galio as like, okay, must ban. But I wonder, hey, maybe it's worth going into game one, leaving Galio up, and then like going a Lucian mid or something like yeah. that to really go aggressive and try to blast what RNG has shown as as their kind of preferences. We know that that Kaisa is gonna be picked. Maybe you can just blow it out of the water with like. I don't know, Caitlyn Lux or, or something. You know, like you, ha- you have to have some sort of prep I think that is going to get yeah. you an advantage to prey on RNG's tendencies because they are creatures of habit. They they like but to go to their specific picks. I think if you can't do that, um, it's going to be very, very difficult. It's it's also hard because,
0: and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like uh, you're like, bring something, bring something different. Is there anything from their like domestic history that are like, oh, I think they could bust this out against the way that RNG like to play? Because I'm in a similar boat right now with G2 where I'm thinking about like what do i want to see from g2 and the only really great thing i have is the same fallback they've always had not to segue too much it's like broken blade Orn. obviously very memeable point at this point it's like hyper carry bot lane i'd say center lane fight
2: at all okay for me i want
0: to actually attack jungle camps i want to attack
2: because if you start taking away ways camps then he gets mad and he comes to your side of the map and maybe Thanks, you can get some trap kills so I feel like targeting actually not even a specific lane. Yeah, you know it'll it'll be based on, on your draft for each game. But targeting jungle camps for Inspired because Inspired has been so consistent at getting farm leads in the jungle. Mm-hmm. He has not ganked as much as Yankos and Yankos has had some of the uh, you know most creative and, and most you know influential uh, early ganks. But Inspired has consistently had these level lead you know whatever amount of CS over the other jungle. Uh, And so if you start to slowly build those jungle advantages early in the game, what it does to the other jungler is they start to feel this pressure Mm -hmm. to force plays and force things. And especially if you do have some outlets on your team, like Bin is always gonna be playing aggressive, you know? So there, I feel like there are some things that could come loose if you put pressure points on jungle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. Like obviously you have to get pushing lanes and win your lanes to be able to kind of safely do that, right? To enable Inspire to do it. Or just find um, the
2: timing windows. Like you don't have yeah. to have a universally winning lane as long as your timing window works out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, You know. yeah. I just if you want to like constantly yeah. be in their jungle, right? Yeah. Um, and, and as far as like your question of, of examples, uh, Jojo Pian literally did Lucian and lane swap to top to yeah. to yeah. beat a Gangplank, right? Like that was one of the things that, that was against Team Liquid, right? Against uh, against and their lane Purple's swap, GP. their
2: lane swap versus uh, G two when they yeah. when they counter counter with the Jacks and everything was that the lane swap was G two well, lane swapped. Yeah, but but we swapped the uh, the, the Galio into support yeah, yeah, to Champions. force them yeah, yeah. to yeah. lane swap. Yeah. So our our swap forcing them to lane swap got us better matchups. Yep. yep. So both of both yep. of our solo lane matchups, won. of course. Well, the mid lane matchup of, was, was the mid lane matchup. He won
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that's the matchup that like G two wanted. But, yeah, yeah, but we won it. Jojo won it. I guess he was a little bit. Ahead, it's yeah. a, it's top, so, top lane went really. It well is for us. so
2: it is so much better to have jax Strindamir in mid lane. And he was able to get his CS lead. Short lane was nice. Um, yeah. So it it was a beneficial situation to us. That's why yeah. they kept the Trindemir mid even with the swap from G2. Mm-hmm. So like that that was good. Of course we lost the game. And, you
1: know and we yeah, weren't and able the, to execute. And sadly, like, but
0: the Galio would the, you paid the price with the Galio. Yeah. The Galio did very little that game. Sadly. Well,
1: honestly, and yeah. I, I, I liked the the mid lane matchup like more for G2 because I just feel like Jax out scales in that matchup and it's really hard to punish Jax. I feel like it matters more that the Jax is is staying relevant than than the Trindemir like. Because mm-hmm. the trendomere like needs to play from from really ahead. I,
2: I thought JoJo is doing really well in it though, you know, burning flash. Yep. Um, yeah, he, you know, getting he, he totally lead. did well early and he got uh, a solo I, I think kill and was, stuff. I think he was, was he was playing with...
1: well and G2 but G2 I think just did a really good job playing around Broken Blade and like coming in and actually keeping him relevant. And yeah. then like once he hits a certain point, once Jax has armor, you like don't win that matchup anymore. When Jax is on, on two items with Frozen Heart, unless Trinomir is way ahead it just becomes like unwinnable so like i i I, that's why i think g2 did lane swap and put caps in a bad matchup
2: yeah but it okay so you're comparing that to having having the normal caps game and having the mid lane guaranteed i'm just comparing jackson chindamere
1: mid lane towards jackson chindamere top and i just think it's better for for the the jack side to be playing that mid lane than it is to be playing a top lane And mm. I mean Broken Blade even said like that's why they did it. I like, know that
2: they they wanted to to put it so they could keep that matchup mm-hmm. 1, 1v1, but I think it is better for and it definitely turned out better for us because mm. then your Gwen is so far behind um and and it was a really good, you know, final Kennen pick cuz you're going to win either side. Yeah, the, of, the Kennen, the Kennen was great for sure. And they and the Trindamir I think was a win in the mid
1: either way it doesn't doesn't really matter but i mean there, there's examples of, of eg obviously getting pretty creative with draft um yeah and 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 i do think that there's potential to gain some advantages there but at the end of the day like they're just gonna have to play at a really high level to yeah. actually have a chance and and i will say that like while eg had a had an awful record against um Against like the, the major regions, right? If you're kind of like 06 versus G2, we went 02 versus uh, RNG. We got one win, you know, against T1. Um, obviously, if you're just looking at like, you know, Rumble stage only, it looks a little bit better. Uh, they were competitive in a lot of those games, but they couldn't close them out, right? Yeah. And I do think that they're going to need to kind of like step up to a higher level. Uh, they have been improving, and I think people have been pretty positive on that. I think, I think, top side of the map, especially like JoJo inspired and impact, I think have been really good yeah. uh, overall. Uh, of course, there's things you can point to um but i I still do think like vulcan and and danny uh really need to have like a a very very good series for us to have a chance at winning
0: it was yeah it was a interesting thing because i think danny had some rougher games earlier on but then vulcan had a lot of the rougher games towards the later half but it feels like in in tournament full of bot lanes that will and can potentially 2v2 kill you or die in the process like it's a rough time to to struggle and definitely like you had a lot of hooks missing for Vulcan. Sometimes they didn't matter as much. Sometimes it was fine that he missed the hooks. You had mm-hmm. a lot of questionable Galio plays, and I think it's one of those things. And the Galio ones I kind of forgive because I'm not sure how ready he was to like so,
1: play oh, that man. matchup. I thought, I thought was. His, his mechanics were pretty clean on the Galio. I'm gonna be honest. He, 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 he his... backwards one. I mean, I'm actually more mad. So sorry. Well, I'm the, mad at Targa. The E buffer as well, though. Like actually, like he was like proking his aftershock as he was getting hooked in and what, stuff.
2: What mattered. What mattered to me more though is I was looking at that game and. Well, yes, you're going to have, you know, Jax has possibilities of scaling super well for, for later for splitting. Oh, they're, we're off the Galio. We're off the Galio. No, I'm on the Galio. This okay. is a Galio point. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All you needed to do was do a good Galio R, and their entire team is short-range melee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the their first R was on this chase where they're chasing the Tryndamere, and yeah. there's no way that... Um, G2 are going to kill this Tryndamere and they use the Galio ultimate under their own tower. Yeah, Um, that's fair. So while his in lane was good, what you needed for us to win that game was a good Galio ultimate with all of these melee carries that G2
1: have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I felt like Trinity and... should also just get like way more ahead. And maybe that is the Galio putting him ahead, but it was like, we didn't, double, G2 just ran us around the map in that game, right? Like yeah. with double TP. And then it was like, they were so good at actually punishing TP. And it felt like Impact had this massive lead. And then he just has to, he has to be the guy who's like win the game, so He's like running around trying yeah. to help everyone everywhere. Yeah. And then every time he TP'd, you know, again, they talked about it in the interview after it's like, they just track one TP. And then as soon as he TPs anywhere, they're Nocturne ulting on you on the other out of the map and impact can't help right yeah and g2 just like played the map so well yeah
2: we did i (laughs) we're just reliving this whole game because i remember the moment where i was like we like because we need that big team fight with the with the aoe galley ultimate on the the melees and And i was like i it was there in the jungle and we missed we missed the the small window yeah
1: to to me like the criticisms that i have for for vulcan i'm i'm less concerned about like a missed hook or whatever because i think mechanically he's a good player uh the the state the thing that stood out in a negative way for me was just like when he's going for for vision he had mm-hmm. like some really poor time Leon and that yeah. was like he had a number of games and a number of times um where he just kind of like wandered in without a jungler behind him and without like vision on people without the lanes fully pushed up like they just didn't have the proper setup um you know like you're saying you don't always need to have pushing lanes but you need to have the t- right timings and at times it felt like he was looking for rewards at bad times <laughs> and got picked and eg very frequently got punished When that did happen, like often in these close games, maybe you're a little bit behind. Vulcan gets picked. Now they're all of a sudden they're at Baron or they're doing something big off of that. So um, that is definitely going to need to clean up because LPL will punish you if you ever step out of position. And I think the thing that's so terrifying is that we're talking about like getting
0: through the lane phase, finding a lead in the early game against RNG, who again, in the context of this tournament, have had solid early games, but domestically are the mid game late game kings, and that's what's horrifying. Is it's like even if you do. Find that pick. Find that edge early game. You have to play so flawlessly to actually close a game versus RNG. And I think that's why, like, it's... I don't think G2 can beat RNG. From what we've seen in a Best of Five, it would take a miracle turnaround. I don't think EG... I think that they probably right now, and obviously a lot can change in Best of Fives, are my clear favorites to win this tournament because... They are so good at that part of the game, and unless every other team steps up their early game to the point where, like, and we saw T1 was able to close a game, like it is a possible thing. G2 was able to take a game, like it is possible, but it just feels taking three games against yeah. RNG. Like, well, it just, none of us is predicting EG to win this series. Yeah, I'm just, I just want to make it clear, like that, like because I don't want this to be like because I think EG have ramped up a ton in this tournament. You know what I mean? And I just want to make it clear, like how Titanic an opponent RNG is because yeah. I feel like EG have gotten. Probably more than their fair share of shit for especially how good they have ramped up over the second half of the story.
2: Here's tournament. my two hopeful aspirations. I, I hope that we have prepared for this 5 on 5. One is that Pierre John gave an interview where he said they were still hiding something, so I'm hoping we have some exciting you know champion combinations or strategies that they're going to show. And the other one is I hope we invest heavily in level 1s
1: mm-hmm.
2: because level 1s can have a huge snowball effect, um, and especially for best of 5 series, it can help shift the way that the the draft ping pong goes um flipping back from red to blue side so senate drafts
1: it'll it'll be it'll be really interesting man like i'm hopeful that we do have those crazy picks that we're gonna come out within game one and then if that doesn't work i feel like you actually draft full like game for 5v5 and pray that that works because um the tournament has been so much about team fighting i don't think you want to just like you know afk and play passive yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're just going to get rolled over um but like if if the aggressive counterpicks if the creative stuff fails i do think go, there's a lot to be said for going like yes you, you still have some proactivity with your jungle mid but you go orn top you draft team fighting AD carry, and you just hope that you're you're better set up for when you get to the five v five, right? I
0: just, I just feel like Orn is the savior of the. Orn West. is the savior, if, man. Spoiler: When we get to G two, I'm probably saying the same exact. Shit. <laughs> it's 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 funny because it's just
1: like you can't you can't really say that like super over indexing early game is the way to beat RNG because they are so good in the later stages and like. Top was that team. Top was yeah. the like early game crazy team and got big advantages against them in early games in a bunch of games that they lost.
2: <laughs> well, EG was the pentakill
1: Baron steal team. There you so go. So we just have go. to get That's them to go stat. to Baron we're, and we're pick not, Jinx. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. early
2: game. We're <laughs> wait till later, get some pentakills at Baron.
1: And there's some really good interviews. Uh, you guys should for sure watch I don't know if you guys have seen it, but at home as well. Um, Impacted an interview with Ashley Kang that is by far, it's not close the best interview I've ever heard from Impact, um, and and it d- does make me like I just don't even think about language barrier sometimes because it's like Impact has been mm-hmm. in Ace for so long and he does have really good English, yeah. um, but like man, he was so thoughtful and and introspective and and had a really great mindset about mm-hmm. the game and just like he was able to go much more in depth I think because he was speaking his native language and I'm just like yeah. damn you mm-hmm. can see why this guy is like a 10-year veteran still performing well on the international level he is smart as hell and you know he, he was really honest about like you know things that he his his feelings in the games and and things that he thought they messed up and what they're doing wrong and he talked a lot about how um he thought they were missing opportunities to fight you know there was one game specifically the first game against t1 um, this is gonna be verbatim. I'm gonna exactly quote him because I can't remember exactly. Yeah. So again, but one time, uh, Ashley Kang Horizon is the YouTube channel if yeah, you guys want to check yeah, it out. Yeah, and she tweeted it out as well. Uh, I retweeted it. It's um, from with interview with Impact. It's wonderful, uh, but. Yeah, he was talking specifically about like how he had an earlier reset and he had the push early on top and basically like he just like wanted to like force Harold on this timing where like you know that he had the advantage top and you know he was saying that like basically um no team i don't know wanted to like reset or wanted to hit certain item spikes or whatever it was basically they just didn't want to fight at that moment mm-hmm. and then you know he's like okay that's fine and then they they reset and then it's like T one is already doing it and now it's too late right yeah and in that game you know he said he, they missed their window to go for it then owner takes Harold comes top he gets killed and then the full tower is down and he was basically like well now it's GG right because yeah. now the side lane is is completely over yeah um and so though EG have played aggressive, he still felt that they were sometimes missing these windows where it's like, they should be contesting and they should be more confident. Um, He talks a lot about, you know, like maybe some of the younger players are feeling nervous and stuff. And, you know, with with Danny and JoJo, and he also said that like some of the EG guys had said that like Saez's hands were like shaking when they were doing the handshake after. Like clearly it's happening, not just on the EG side, it's happening on the T1 side I mean, it's a lot of pressure to jump onto the international stage. And obviously I have- And to wear the T1 jersey. To wear
0: the T1 jersey, even just an eg jersey i mean jojo and danny and don't get me wrong again they are both rookies but like watching your guys's playoffs and that's most of what i watch right and then like young na talent like i am as much guilty as a lot of people are of like probably overhyping these guys because i was i was um you know obviously i still want g2 to beat them but i'm like this is so freaking cool for na because it feels like the first time in a long time 17 18 yeah that you've got young you know uh, and I, I'm already doing it again. I'm like prodigy level NA talent, which is... We've got two on one of, team. Yeah, in yeah. the context of North America, that is true. But then we come onto the international stage and people are just ready to shoot these guys down because people like me and our video it's Literally team,
1: faker and Uzi on yeah, one team. I think the, 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 pro, yeah,
2: the problem is it's deserving of hype to have yes. super yes. young NA talent yes. be successful. But yeah, the second part, though, where people... And, and you're doing it jokingly here, but you're like faker level pro, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that sort, yeah, of, stuff that not, <laughs> that sort <laughs> of stuff <laughs> was that. not, that sort of stuff was not propagated <laughs> yeah. and, and it just kind of, you know, swarmed in yeah. From, yeah. From, from other voices. It, so me, oh, it got yeah. muddied where it was like, okay, it's supposed to be all this hype for, wow, finally successful young North American talent. And then that gets stretched to infinity when it's like oh so you're saying these guys are insane fakers you know yeah. already in no. order in order
0: for you to take pride in your region they have to be better than <laughs> fakers look, sorry look Kobe. at the mid
1: laners at Jojopian the 17 year old has to play it's literally three the best of the best, uh, best mid laners the game has ever seen oh. you have you have probably i would argue the most yeah, the most iconic mid laner from all three of the biggest regions. Yeah. Right? You have I think Caps, the, yeah. Xiaohu, and Faker. Yeah. I think the only
0: person who even comes close at that point is Rookie, but obviously Rookie's. Rookie. Yeah. That's the only other one. But and like. He's, I mean, well, he, and it's he, still
1: three of the most, yeah. right? You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, Rookie's is, is totally a fair argument. I, I, yeah, I guess it depends. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, Ultimately, it's three of the most. Three yeah. of the best <laughs> ever, right? So it's like, yeah, did I expect JoJo to get outperformed? yeah did he get outperformed yeah but not by as much as i thought like i thought he did really really well like he was competitive in a lot of these games he played really well and even speaking to um to some of the people on eg something that was really cool was in in the t1 win apparently jojo pion was doing most of the shot calling like he was the one actually like directing directing the team so to speak Mm -hmm. uh and i was told you know like calming people down and like you know help helping to to plug gaps right and when his side lanes are struggling apparently a lot of the reason that he's been playing like rise and tf and galio is to give up his own event like his own agency to help side lanes Mm. because it's like and and that not only shows maturity but it's incredible that you can play more of like a so-called utility pick and not just get absolutely trounced at this level against those guys so like everything i hear i'm just like i'm excited for the future this bring I wanted to uh,
2: bring this up go after you were it. talking about the interview with uh, Impact because JoJo's interview JoJo gave the interview with Laura right after oh, the yeah, game yeah. where he also cited wanting to go for more of these plays yeah and and the verbiage that he used was also the team and then she followed up um you know about his age and stuff and he was like well. I don't want to say me because like he wanted to be aggressive. Uh, So like he had a similar view to Impact in that he also
0: thought that they missed some of these aggressive opportunities. And he was pushing for them too. And I think the big thing is, is it's like, I'm sure... In hindsight, everyone is like, damn, we should have gone for this. And it's cool to hear that both those guys are so vocal about wanting to be more aggressive. But it is like this is the thing about high level League of Legends and why it's so beautiful to watch teams who are insanely good at League. It's like it is you see the choreographed perfect recall timings as Harold's about to respond. You see like the perfect movement and it's like this beautiful chess game unfolding for you. But it is to coordinate that. To be comfortable where everybody knows at the same time, and it can also take into account their own needs, their own back timers, because they could have like let's say their waves are perfectly even, they back early and they don't have their items, they could just get smashed by T one there. Like it is such an architectural effort to like make those moments happen mm-hmm. cleanly and effortlessly in a game in a way that you probably like, you probably haven't had to do
1: domestically to be successful. That was another thing that I really liked that Impact said. Uh, because he basically got asked something along the lines of like, oh, you know, is there a reason why some of these teams that are known for being aggressive or players that are known for being aggressive aren't being as aggressive? He's like, well, they're playing against better players. And better and better <laughs> players don't... It, it's, it's not that like, oh, I'm playing against someone good, so I'm not going to be aggressive. Impact's point was that a better player shows you less opportunities to be aggressive yeah. because they don't give you the window, right? Caps doesn't just say, all right, the guy arrived in lane, time to like one-shot him. It's like... Cap sees some window of like, oh, he stepped too far forward, or oh, he's like too far up in the wave, or oh, he spent his spell on, on the minions. Like, whatever it is, there is something that triggers, yep, I win now, right? Mm-hmm. And these these higher level players just show you that much less often, and when they do show it to you, it's a much smaller window they have to instantly go on. You know, he also yeah. referenced um, a failed all-in he did uh, top lane on, on zeus where he was saying, Jojo made the call, hey, I'm going to move up, like, I'm coming. And so he's like, oh all wait but he said he had seen a window where he thought he could win the 1v1 but then because jojo made the call he was like oh i hesitated and mm-hmm. like i messed up i shouldn't i should have said i don't need you i'm about to kill his ass yeah. right yep. but because he waited then he said the positioning was basically worse and like he felt that caused him to lose the all-in so it's like these tiny things and i hope that eg can can really kind of learn from that and just come in and like just play with confidence, right? And yeah. if you lose, you lose. Everyone's expecting you to lose anyway, but like, go out there and, and kind of give it your best shot. That
2: has been one thing that's been consistent across all the teams. Everyone has been talking about playing with confidence. Yeah, And even that uh, Caps interview at the very beginning of the tournament, he was talking about um, how he just started playing league for fun again. Yeah. And that's one of the big reasons that we've seen claps unleashed again on international stages. What a cool player. It, honestly, <laughs> where you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to play for fun again. And then just start styling on literally yeah. every player in the world. I'm just going
1: to play for funsies and beat Faker. That yeah. sounds nice. Yeah, I'm going to play for funsies, go bot, and just <laughs> dance around <laughs> Shaohu <and> away <laughs> on two highly
0: mechanical chains. Like, f- for kicks. Just Why for not? Funsies, <laughs> just know. for funsies. And just that- queue up a little MSI. <laughs> but
2: that's the difference from LEC regular season, where it's like... That's a
0: job. That was exactly. That was that his was nine a job. to five. He's and like, you know, punch a sorry, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's probably how he felt about it. That's why you saw him come alive once there was a crowd again and big stakes again. Yeah, it was. He punched a nine to five for a while.
1: It's it's really hard to stay incredibly motivated for for a long amount of years. Absolutely. right? Um, Absolutely. And, and I don't blame players for that. You know, I, I think it's it's just the reality of like there's, there's ebbs and flows of motivation. Discipline is what keeps people at the top for a really long time. Not motivation mm-hmm. because motivation is fleeting. Um, but you know, especially when you are a caps, it's like, what do you think his his biggest desire is, right? It's it's winning worlds, right? Yeah. And and he's been to the world finals and he's he's had that experience and he, and he's lost at it. It's hard to feel that same, I think, level of like drive and motivation uh, you know, about like week seven of, yeah. of spring. Well, you're, or whatever. Also, you're going back to square one yeah. every single time. You're waiting to re qualifying
0: every single time time you know what i mean like that's a that's that's a tough spot to be in he doesn't just get like seeded into quarterfinals like we used to do you know what i mean like he has to fight throwback um well
1: and you have to wait a whole damn year
0: you have to wait yeah you're in a whole damn year you're here no one expected him to be here he's finally back on your sash stage obviously a bit of a downturn but did pop off at the start and i think it's the same for a lot of these big veteran names who have found consistently domestic success and it's like we know that they learn more that there's better competition for them internationally and that is something that like that can never be changed that will always be the case in league of legends and i think you're right like the fact that veterans can the people who keep coming back are the people who are like by far the most impressive to me i would rate that over the people who like make it to a world final i mean maybe if we win a world final i'll feel differently about that but the
1: people who make it to a world final once and we never see them again you know yep absolutely i mean it's just it's just so hard to maintain that level of discipline um as far as predictions I like. I'm going with my head. It's 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 a three o or a three one RNG. Like it, I think it's it's probably going to be dominant. I'm really hoping that I am wrong, and I can see the ways in which I could be wrong. And we talked a lot about those. Um, but yeah, my prediction has to be like three o three one RNG.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's too fraudulent to mm. to not
1: predict that way. And yeah. and, I, and if I
2: was to just be like, yeah, I love EG. EG gonna win. Like it's just it's so cheap. to do a prediction like that so you know i you know i'm not going to do one either and also also cheap also if if, they win if the if the upset happens it's it's made impactful and it's a meaningful upset because everyone's predicting it to not happen yeah if everyone's throwing out that yeah i don't care you know what
0: yeah because i mean and again people really like are always like oh you're under you're undercutting or you're undermining a team it's like no it's like when eg if eg win this series. There is nothing we can say here with any shred of evidence... That would like really truly logically make sense, except what to you the said production. earlier or,
1: about it being the next Faker and Uzi. Yes, yeah, yeah, except,
0: except what came out of except my mouth that, and the, not Isaac's mouth. Jacob's about Baker and Uzi being <laughs> not damn, people aren't going to listen to the whole podcast; <laughs> 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 they're actually going to think I said that.
1: It was a good point. I like. Thank it, you. Yeah. Thank
0: you. i was just putting worms in my mouth. I appreciate you. Um,
2: <laughs> who's going to be the next JoJo is really really, yeah. the, really the question. <laughs> JoJo Junior. We got to start looking. got to start looking for the next JoJo. He's going
0: to bigger JoJo
1: yeah. Um, what were you saying <laughs> I don't know. he was saying EG3O I was oh, saying RNG3O right. <laughs> right. it
0: would be insane to see the upset would love to see it would love Fingers to see crossed. how they do it but uh, it's like a it's like a magic trick you know yeah. until I see yeah. it until I see the behind I'm never gonna understand how it would happen we've
2: done the magic trick before you know Team Liquid kicked out IG Team <sighs> yep. uh, the defending world champs that's true. And then boof, ah, you're right. Out of the tournament, and, we mean, go, and, and he's already
1: beat rookie. Why does he need to be on the list? On that team at the time, right? Holy Ooh. shit! You're revealing
2: too much of the magic trick, okay? Oh, like,
1: <laughs>
0: you're, oh.
2: magicians hate him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <Anyway>. Calm down. <laughs> well, let's talk about the T1. other side of the bracket. G two. T one versus G two. Uh, this is not. Okay. This is. I will say off the bat, as the EU pundit, I feel like this is pretty, pretty solidly T one favored um Ooh, okay so if we just went from the rng eg
2: the more extreme to me yeah semifinal. i feel like this one is is way closer way this, more doable yes
0: absolutely significantly closer this is neither of have these you teams heard the stat about
2: caps versus Baker infallible
1: yes i'm less <laughs> it was nine and three is it nine and four now because they lost they lost nine? the
2: last one nine so i'm pretty sure just it's nine, nine and four. four
0: okay
1: yeah so the thing is that's incredible in order for me to believe in g2 Uh, You basically
0: in my eyes is most what most people's arguments are going to be is that they have to get back to the form that we saw in the first few days and they have to have that level of consistency. And that to me is rough to bet on because like I can tell you like, oh, they just have to do that. Blah, blah, blah. But I don't know what went wrong behind the scenes to lead them then to that falling down. And then when we talk about fallbacks, my fallback like really safe backup plan for G2 is always just. Put broken blade on orn because i don't think any other tank does the job that orn does um sadly which means it's a pretty easy thing for any team to target including t1 yeah um, and then play for a really clean team fight where it's very clear what flacken needs to do very clear what Targamas needs to do and the whole team it, the team feels like it's set up for flacken to succeed because oftentimes in the past, in the Aphelios meta when G2 were uh, on the downturn, it was like, yes, Flackett had had Ophelios, but it was really hard for him to get in and play the team fight well when he didn't have that clear front line mm-hmm. to play behind.
2: Yeah. And I think that's also part of why he's had so much success with the Kai'Sa yeah. uh, at this turn, because the Kai'Sa, you're always drafting that way with the rest of your team. You know, you're always getting frontline and big CC to be able to apply Plasma. Uh, and so... That's why he has such. He's only lost one single game on Kaisa, yeah. with it being his most played. Um, yeah, and I think and that, one. like that. That that has been the most successful iteration. I feel like uh, of their drafts. One thing I definitely would like them to avoid is something broken blade specific. Is the Gangplank in North America? Uh, he was probably the least scary Gangplank that we had. I don't feel like that has changed too much since then. Uh, I know it's a champion that. That he'll, he'll he'll always be like yeah I can you know I can play anything or whatever but it it is so different from the other structure that they need I feel like yeah for him to be a frontline and I don't want to see like the tank gangplank type of no. uh, build mm-hmm. anyway if you're going to
0: you know if you're going to pick the champ go for the go for the crit I think um and here's, I'm curious to see because you got, we've, we're both now regions that have had a lot of experience with Broken Blades. So I think he's an interesting player to follow. I think to me, my impression of G2 this season has been um, Broken Blades got this fatty champion pool and he'll mm-hmm. use it in mm-hmm. draft to get laning advantages. But to me, for the most part, the Broken Blade niche picks, whether it's the corky counter pick into the GP, which did win the game despite a difficult laning phase, the Yone um, into Grave's top, I believe, was when he pulled that out. The Riven, the, ribbon, that he the played. Aatrox. The Aatrox. Aatrox feels a little bit more like, uh, not mainstream, but it's like in the realm yeah. of reasonable, right? It just never feels worth it to me for what it costs the rest of the map. Like, yes, BB's doing solid. Even in the Vladimir game where uh, G2 were starting to fall behind, um, he was like off on the side of the map, he was just perma-farming, and it just feels like even if Broken Blade does well on those champions, he is not like the shy level of 1v4 in the game that I think you need to for the amount that it takes up space from other players. And maybe like if Flacket is a different player, maybe that's a different story. I don't want to mm-hmm. put more pressure on Flackett than necessary, but like I always want to see Broken Blade on something that is just... Rock solid, reliable. And if I get to choose, and this is a meme at this point, the Orn, Because it's just, to me, it's like, he's always relevant. He's always reliable. He does well in lanes that he's supposed to do well. Totally Don't need resources. He loses gracefully. He has
2: 21 games all time on it, and it's a 76.2%
0: win rate. That is massive. Yeah, and it's just also, I think, the best tank that will ever exist in League of Legends until they fundamentally change him, because it's that champion's disgusting. Hey, um, the win rates
2: for his top five champions... It stands out like a sore thumb here. It is absolutely
1: insane the success. Yeah. Had with yeah, him. his most played is 48% win rate on Aatrox. Yeah. And, and not then 76%. Th- is yeah, and then you're like,
2: played. hmm, that orange looking yeah. great. Yeah,
1: and again, I think he's good at really other Really good champions. win rate on Aurelia, to be fair. His fifth most played, yeah. 72%. Because that's that. also. His Vladimir also really good win rate? Yeah. is
2: also, they always invest so much for a draft for a counter pick.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with uh mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very situational for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's really interesting because, like, it's easier for me to think about how G2 just, like, wins the series, right? Because you don't have to look that far back, right? When they were playing super well. My my big concern is not that g2 looked really bad in those five games because like i'm gonna be honest they did right you know whether people wanted like paint over it and, and say oh, oh i do not they're no. just like you know i just on social and stuff you see some people ah oh, they're just having no, some fun fine. games they're gonna be great you know? for best of fives like yeah maybe but just as likely that they're gonna be terrible for best of fives and and i mean th- my biggest concern is that like in the in the way when you pick something new and, it, and you play a different style and then people are like got to watch out for that and draft it makes you harder harder to actually draft against i think their struggles made them a lot easier to draft against Mm -hmm. and that is my concern is because we're not the only one saying pick Orn and kaisa everyone is saying this everyone is thinking this right yep and so that is my concern for g2 really coming into this uh is that t1 has the same read as everyone else and then g2 are forced to really show a different way to play it right because flackhead was an absolute beast on the kaisa everyone saw it he should never be allowed to play kaisa in this series it should be taken away or banned in my opinion yeah um you know the calista didn't look as good you know he had, had some good ezreal games but it's like it was so far and away his best champion i think g2 when they are playing um team fight you know that looked really dominant caps and yankos they need to have some agency right like is is caps a good corky player yes i do believe he is Does G2 look the same when he's playing, you know, Corky? No, not even close, right? Like, because he doesn't have the agency to actually make these plays and find these aggressive angles. Even if it is going to be, you know, Yankos on like a poppy or something that's like less early game, when he is paired with the Caps LeBlanc or Zoe or whatever, they can still make things happen. And they show that a lot when Yankos is playing Graves and getting these three camp blue buff ganks mid because Caps is setting him up for it and he's doing creative pathing and timings that they're not expecting. But when you pair something that doesn't have... Like a lot of a lot of gank potential with something that is is pretty passive. G two really are, I think are out of sorts because generally speaking, those are the guys that are going to create action for them early game, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think if I'm T one, I'm I'm taking away you know the best team fighting marksman you know for for Flacket. I'm not letting him get kaisa I'm trying to to keep Broken Blade off of Orn, right? Or if you're going to go Orn, you're like picking counters into it and things like that. And then you're trying to draft really strong mid-jungle 2v2 uh, and, and limit, like, Caps in, in what he can play proactively. Because I think, like, we've seen clearly that is the best way for, for G2 to play. Uh, and now they have to be able to show, like, hey, they have the other things. Like, Caps has the champion mm-hmm. pool. Broken Blade has the champion pool. But, you know, if, if you're going for really creative picks, it can be at the expense, you know, not just of what uh, resource your other players like you were talking about, but yep. also at the expense of your team comp, right? Yep. And I think that is is something that they're really going to have to be hyper-aware of. Like, how, how do they build... A comp with the champions that they're going to be given that is going to be successful consistently
0: no yeah.
2: i think as long as they uh avoid some of these pitfalls and it to me too their loss versus t1 was one of the worst drafts that they possibly have it's the squishiest overall draft that they've ever drafted here mm-hmm. at msi that, that was, was the one 21 minute game it was the one with the gangplank um they they got outplayed all over uh so obviously it's not a draft when there's just a 21 minute game it's there's also a lot of outplay there but uh, i think this is kind of a healthy loss to have in the rumble stage because that should be such clear evidence for them um and to direct them in their their best of five drafting who where their drafting has been so good so i don't think they need like a lot of those examples to learn that lesson yeah um so that, that's at least like, a, like glass half full. Yeah,
0: I, I think the, the big thing for me when we look back at their history, and I don't want to completely rewrite history because G2's twelve zero run through the losers bracket and ultimately to win our championship was really good. But one mm-hmm. of the things that they did well was not crazy out of nowhere drafts. They f- were really good with Jarvin. They were really good with Ari, and other people did not respect the pick enough. And Broken Blade was the first person in our region to really truly abuse Orn. And the thing is talking to the teams that played against them, most of their regrets are around not banning a Jarvan or not banning an Ari. And all those picks got picked over and over and over and over again. And here we see they've got some niche drafts too. But now that they're figured out, I wonder how much of G2's historical success is just because they got away because they were slightly ahead of everyone else and finding a pick was relevant. You mm-hmm. know, But I think a lot of the things that if different drafts in playoffs make G2, I think would have made G2 struggle a lot more. Yes, Caps was an absolute god. Yes, Caps has had his absolute god moments in this. And I'm afraid because I don't think that RNG, T1, any of these teams is going to look at a game where they lose in a best Mm -hmm. of five. And I think T1 will lose a game in this best of five. And while they're favorite, I'll still probably predict T2 because I'm not going to do my... I have to hold on to hope. Mm -hmm. Um, If they find that thing, they find that one thing, they will not get that one thing a second time or a third time the way they did in so many of these EU playoff matches. I mean, the amount of times that they got... two of those three champions in draft Mm -hmm. that literally won them the games, just those champions on their own, and yes, other people contribute, blah, 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 is outstanding domestically, and I just don't think something like that will ever happen internationally. I think
2: agnostic of power picks, though, Mm -hmm. if they focus on, okay, some of my goals in draft are to get Caps Yankos mid-jungle winning 2v2, like that, like isolate that, and play into the 2v2 into owner faker, I think if that is one of your goals, and then rounding out the rest of the team comp um, kind of as like step two to that, yeah. to me, that feels like the best the best strategy for this team. Mm-hmm. Because when you bring in Broken Blade, Flakid later into the game, and presumably Broken Blade, uh, big frontline, some sort of CC, Flakid, AD carry damage for the team fight, yeah, but you let Yankos, Caps, and Targamas control the early and give them kind of those... That preference in your in yeah. your pick band. to me that feels like the most G two the most clear cut and why you know Caps has styled on so many people here and why Yankos has uh, you know has I mean, stepped up with him. If you prioritize those two, I to me
1: and a, Caps that feels like how
2: you beat T one and I I I would actually I think I'm probably gonna predict G two. I think Honestly.
1: Caps is a better laner than Faker right now yeah, as well. Like absolutely. It's, it's not Which like is why you, you want to force that 2v2 exactly. in my opinion. Yeah. I'm just saying, like he doesn't it's not like he, you know, ah he could like only win if he gets a cheese pick mid. Like he, no. he's just a better laner than faker, I think. Yeah. Um so you know, if you're getting him a winning two V two and yeah. and you have the lane advantage, like that is a real way in. Um, you know, and while I talked about you know, we talked about the Kaisa and stuff for Flackhead as as a clear thing. I also think that Gumi Yushi has been like pretty underwhelming. We mentioned earlier like Dottie Award and everything. So It'll be interesting to see like where he is going to go as far as picks, um, because he did revert back to some different stuff, right? Like in, in the G two T one game, he played a Felios and actually looked good. In the final game against RNG, you know, he was playing Zia, like crit scaling marksman, right? So, um, some of these picks that are, are like kind of popular now didn't look as good for him. So it'll be interesting to see like if if G two can equally kind of try to attack that. I definitely think by far my biggest concern is is just top lane. Like I think Zayas has been. Uh, the best performing top laner here and it's not yeah. it's not close um i think he is really really terrifying and he plays very well with owner um i think yankos and broken blade don't play nearly as well together like yankos i think you know he, he makes stuff happen up there but like yankos and caps are the duo like they're the ones that are generally I feel like kind of the dynamic duo for g2 and always feel so well coordinated um i don't necessarily feel it works as well when when he's playing towards uh broken blade especially like Back in the regular season um and in some of their struggles i don't think things were working well up there so that's my biggest concern for for g2 but i mean i think this is like a much more winnable series i think t1 is, is worse than rng and g2 is is like a very creative team um, but i mean if, if they come into this series and they play like they did in that five game loss streak like they're going to get pounded it's not going to be close like they need to play um like we know they can play they need to play yep. at, a, at a high level to be competitive because t1 did get better like as much as there's a lot of shakiness to point to the last handful of games from t1 looked really good and their game against rng at the end was the best game that they played and well, their game that their second game that they played against g2 was probably the second best game that they played right like they played some good games and highlighting again that the t1 um jersey
0: hides so many of the things that we think about when we think about any other team because they're T1 players. But again, you highlighted already, Zeus is still a, a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, he's had an amazing... I mean, the whole d-
2: team, except for Faker. Is a kid, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know what I mean? So, like, it's, and they're playing in front of their home crowd in a big international event, and it's high at stake. So, I think it's reasonable to have those nerves. I'm... The only thing I truly want from this series as a spectator is peak form for both teams because this yeah. feels like a series that will just be decided by who who is in form. And as long as they're both in form, we suddenly have a much more interesting conversation um, where, you know, it's like topside versus Uh mid-jungle, I feel like. But it's just so much of it feels to me rooted in the intangible of, like, who recovers better over a two-day period? I
2: literally think if G1 win the first game, I think they were going to win the series.
0: I, I feel like G2 will... G2 yeah, I, G1 <laughs> G- G2 if G1 no. win G1 G1. I, used to, G1 I was like what I seem to be T1 um it evolves with the series. one yeah, 2 they're, they're
2: melding. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean I was I think my prediction I did the same thing. Is, called G2 GG in the EGG2. <laughs> GG. Yeah. Um I think it's a G if G2 are going to win it's going to be a 3-0. Maybe a 3-1 cuz I historically G2 are the 3-1 team. But I'm going to say G2 3-0. Oh, man,
1: you just said you want both teams Dude. peak peak level. And then if you G2 predict-
0: are going to win, they're going to have something spicy up their sleeve and so, it's going to be unstoppable. Did he not start out the, this thing? Saying this T1 is
1: heavily favored. G2 3 0. They're favored. They're favored. He heavily favored. G2 T1 is heavily favored against G2. I predict she 2 will win 3-0. <laughs> Guys,
2: hey, we our, our arguments were so convincing Thank you. for G2. Yeah, it is a credit to yeah, yourself. Like,
1: you're so, not you're right. So, I, I I will say if if we do get peak uh, peak level from both teams, I think T1 wins pretty hard. Um I believe that. Mm. I do th- I do think that T1's bot lane is like mm-hmm. massively better at the at the peak. Right? Guma said
2: himself he's at 20% and that 20% to me has maybe gone to 30% towards the, yeah. the end games yeah, and that's it.
1: I'm just saying like if they play at peak level but like, there's lots of stuff that you can point to I mean for G2. G2 had some of the absolute worst games of the whole event in their 5 game loss streak but T1 also had like objectively the worst barons probably of any team here. Yes. Like mm. their barons were so troll and a lot of their heralds were so troll so it's like we don't. We don't know what level of form we're going to see, which I think makes it so hard hard to predict, right? If, if your prediction for like a three zero is yeah, I think you're going to see the T one where they're trolling at Baron, and we're going to see the G two where they're on this huge winning streak and like they're playing top level, then like I think that's totally justifiable. But um, I think th- my three three zero feels feels very optimistic three three, to me. three zero to me is not like a representation that the game. I just feel like that if, feels if, like
0: peak G two and T one's playing like shit. If G two are going to win this, they're going to smash it, and if G G2- two. If it's anything else, I feel like oh, it's so hard to say. But that's that's it. I think if G two are going to win yeah. this, they're going to smash it, and I believe that G two are going to win this. And I think it does rely on some picks that we haven't seen yet, and some decisions in draft either that maybe from T one that we haven't seen yet, like leaving orn open, or uh, some stuff from G two. And I think that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I think Dylan has proven himself to be a good coach with good prep, and he, they will have they will get back to that form. Yeah. But
2: I'm just giving Caps the benefit of the doubt. This man. They always beat uh, LCK. I, I just feel like, but that's that's get, sad get your thing. mid jungle, get them secure, get get caps the tools, and I think it's gonna happen.
0: I think it's a good point. Kobe. It's
1: it's it's really interesting. I mean this this one is I feel really hard to predict because both teams were so up and down. Yeah. Right. Like it's really like your prediction is just based on which you think will we'll show, we'll show up, right? Yeah. Um, and I do think if you get absolute peak of both teams, T1 wins. I think that's true. I think that. I've been if, baited if by get, how bad Guma has been. Because that's a really... Because you forget how OP Guma carry are. so by far the best bot lane in the world, right? Yeah. Like, this isn't a knock on Flackhead and Targames. This is, like, them versus everyone else in the whole world. They looked way better. Like, they were styling on Ruler and stuff, right? Like... Um... So I do think that is true. I do think if, if G2 is playing at, at like their win streak level and T1 is, is kind of trolling around objectives, they're going to get punished. And I do think straight up Caps is better than Faker, right? Like I think that is true. Like right now, he's just better than Faker. Um, and, and like I'm fully on board with that. But I do think Zayas is a big advantage over Broken Blade. And I do think if T1 bot lane like is kind of ramping up like it felt like they were when I look mm-hmm. at the last two big games for them, the, the G2 game and the uh, RNG game, Guma played much better in those. If he comes in at a high level, I favor T1, and and I think Zayas is is favored over Broken Blade as well. So it's like, it's got to be Caps and Jankos, I think right, it's got to be them making the big difference, um, and and their side lanes not getting blown out. I'm I'm on the T1 side for sure. Um, I think it's like maybe like a three one for T1. Um, uh, but I but I could wouldn't be shocked if if G2 won at all this is this uh, it, is a close it it's just really hard to predict this is not the miracle and again depending
0: on the context of the game but this is again if in contrast to what would be an eg upset win let's say this is not a miracle
1: like no this, this one can clearly just go either either way and and three three one sounds like i know if you guys are both on g2 three one maybe sounds like ah oh, like this guy really loves t1 but like i i feel like t1 is ramping up and that that is i just my don't reach.
0: think that series like a, the problem is, is that when you hear three one three two, you're like, oh, that means it's gonna be like a three zero can still be close. You can like three close games, but
1: you lose three them close
0: all. games, but you lose them all, and that's the problem. Exactly, six like, zero
1: can also be. It's really like close. I believe that
0: these teams are neck and neck, but this team does this thing better. If It's gonna be a three zero. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like three two is point. just the like mm-hmm. these teams are really close. Like that's why the only thing no. I hate about Bestify predictions is it's not really like. A,
2: yeah, I mean the, the the length of your prediction isn't indicative of of how close it is. to so me. because I think it's gonna be a short series either way. With, you know, either
0: team wins. But you both are on G2 side. Because
2: of the, I'm predicting G2. I thought I already predicted G2.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you give a number, like a three, whatever, whatever? But then give me a percentage. Give me like a 60 40, 45 55. Mm. Because that feels. Because percentage is way closer. um I would give it like 57% G2. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and see that's way more indicative of how you feel about this matchup than a, than you saying 3-0 and i yeah. think so that's the value that because like you say you I say 3-1, 3-1 but i'm like but you six, i'm like a 60 40 on t1 yeah. probably and i think i'm i'm not even you're you're more than i am i think i'm like 55 45 55 45 3 yeah but that's just the nature of how g2 play just, as a team but that's it's so the funny. point I just right? gave <laughs> a whole explanation <laughs> why we should use percentages instead of yeah. like this, the match score. Yeah. No, it's just I not- just loved
1: your whole spiel. You know, it's it's really true it's not how many games you lose, it's how close they are. You know, that 6-0? What is a 6-0 really? You my, know? Favorite, my favorite part was Extremely competitive. The sh- my favorite part was the start. And it start. does The 6-0 is just not indicative in any way, so it's really a great point. You've just... I've loved your points in this Thank one. Thank you. Did you, six, like my, did you like my one about uh, Uzi and Faker? I did. On that the same that team one, Uzi and EG. Faker for EG, like, I loved that point. And now, and yeah. now, really hammering it home with the fact that the, the 6-0 from G2 over EG didn't mean anything, and I couldn't agree yeah. more. And the nine yeah. won't mean anything either. <laughs> finals, if we baby. get 9-0, we're making finals. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The price what are the RNG.
2: What, what are the percentages that go along fi- with the nine zero? It's fifty one forty
1: nine for the <laughs> nine zero. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's like a really close
2: nine <laughs> zero. It's, it's
1: a really close nine zero. <laughs> it's a 50-50 9-0. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you fifty I'll yeah. take fifty. It's the best 49. I could do. Well, yeah. Best yeah. I can do for the ninth yeah. here,
2: Because they're already six, so it's like, they're pretty kind of close. Ignore the previous coin We're back to flipping we're the We're back
0: thing. to the jar. They're yeah, getting yeah, tired. Yeah. That's, yeah.
2: What,
0: that's what you're going to say if uh, G2 <laughs> beat <understand>. T1. You're <laughs> like, look, we, we weakened them. We weakened them with exactly. our victory. Now you yeah. are reaping the rewards. It's cool we would have said the same thing with RNG. Works
1: out. Um, Friday is let me check this good. Friday is is EG RNG. RNG. Saturday. Saturday is T1 G2. Sick finals. Sunday TBD. is uh G2. Sunday is EGG 2 As it was meant to be. Fifty one forty nine on the nine zero.
0: Fifty one forty nine on the nine zero. <laughs> yeah, just to complete it, because who doesn't love. A uh, but a tournament narrative. It's just destined. We've yep. called it now. We haven't cursed it at all. Nope. It's gonna happen. Yeah. We'll see you there. So NAEU fans we will see you there. Yeah. Uh, LCK LPL fans, you're welcome to watch us lift the trophy on Sunday. Yeah, you can watch too. You can come hang out if you want. That's we'll, cool. You can root for either side. You know, we're not gonna judge. Um, you know, and we won't give you a hard time. About I feel
1: like we could use well, more of the fan vote though, seeing as everyone in North America is asleep during the broadcast. Kay. Also, kay. you so can have the China fan base and we'll take the Korea fan base, maybe.
2: We have here. more, America? we have more uh, uh, LCK and LPL. Players than you do. True. So I feel like we. Oh, I see. The real reason. Melting
0: pots Have
1: been coming through. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair. All right, boys. Yeah, I mean we have Uzi in the bot lane. Dan <laughs> back in to the top lane. It's so. a deal. Shake on. It. Yeah, yeah, Shake on. Shake <laughs> on. Yeah, we we'll see you guys. We have Uzi and Faker. We'll see you in the Why finals? would you, why would you yeah. not cheer for us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uzi in yeah, Faker yeah, yeah. For, for
0: EG. All right. The, that's going to be Diaphoria episode three. Banger. Tune in. Three final days of MSI, three back to back best of five. Last episode. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, this is the last time we'll get to talk on a podcast. Together. Farewell. I'll Bye. miss you. Enjoy the dive. Also, I'm not talking to you in real life after this either. This yeah. Is it?
1: We're done? Yeah. Is <laughs> it? Oh, shit. Well, an awkward breakup. But then, what, are, what are your last words? Uh, my last words. Um, I, I is assume, there like a final meal where you guys kind of like awkwardly eat in silence? You know? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, actually, that sounds but good. Too. Sounds, I'm hungry. I, mean, I'm hungry. I, I haven't had sh- breakfast yet. We should oh, decide damn. what I we're going to
2: get now because we're not going to talk later. <laughs>
0: Well, we gotta go do laundry, spoiler, adult yeah. things. I have after. some undies to clean. Nothing like a long international trip. <laughs> you can't say anything <laughs> after god, your... there's so
2: many good follow-ups to that! <laughs> oh my god, let's end the
0: show!
1: <laughs>
0: Remember, in Socks the wise too. words of Kobe, Ornn could wipe his ass with a 10 million CS deficit and then forge it into an item for his teammates. True. Yeah. Think about that while you ponder when you're gonna tune in. Think about that while you enter draft g2 think about that <laughs> anyway this has been dive for episode three thank you for watching we'll see you next tournament check out the dive in euphoria as our seasons resume and uh yeah later bye bye